Uh, it comes around once a year. Husbands don't dare forget, but Mother's Day comes around once a year, and it is a special day. You know, as I think about, as I think about all days, Mother's Day is one that's a very special one to a lot of people. Now, it's special to me because I've got some special moms in my life. You know, I think of my wife, Anna. And she's a great mom to two little children who uh, I call my own, uh, Charlie and Jude. And so I'm very thankful for my wife, Anna, who is a mother. I'm also thankful for my mother because without her, I wouldn't be. You might have guessed that yourself. But I'm thankful for my mother who, uh, who raised me, who helped me to grow up, to be who I am today. I'm thankful for... My mother-in-love or my mother-in-law, uh, Yaya, who has adopted me and taken me in. And so we've got three special moms that I can think of right now. But the story doesn't end there. You know, Jared Rhodes came to Olive Branch as a young whippersnapper 10 or 11 or 12 years ago. And when I came here, there were a bunch of moms that took me in and they made me their own. And so for all you moms out there that have been my mom, I want to say thank you. You know, that brings up a special thought in my mind. There was once upon a time I lost a cell phone, and uh, someone found it because I don't have a password on mine. It's just whoever picks it up can get into it. And so they picked up my phone, and they go to M-O-M because they want to, uh, they want to find your mom. And it just so happens that my mom is not in my phone as mom. And so they came down to Mama Howard, and they called Mary Ann, and they said, I believe your son lost his phone. And she said, I don't think so. <laughs> At that point, Tim didn't have a phone. And they said, well, it says Mama Howard. And she said, oh, that must be our youth minister. That's Jared. So a bunch of special moms. And there are a lot of people here that have been a mom to me, and for that I want to say thank you. All right, as we come together on Mother's Day... I want to talk about one special mom in the Bible. Today we're going to talk about Hannah. Now Hannah was a special mom, not too far removed from a lot of the mothers that are here today. Not too very different than probably your own mother. Probably understands a lot of the same things, went through the same type of problems in life. And so today we're going to talk about Hannah, a special mom. In 1 Samuel, as we look, we'll see Hannah, a special mom. You know, as uh, Tim got left with the chore of reading through the verses, we, still, we see Elkanah, the wife, or the man who had two wives, Penina and Hannah. Well, I know that uh, one problem here is you get too many wives, and they created a lot of problems. Now, within God's design, that's not the way it's going to work today. But in 1 Samuel, when we're talking about Elkanah, he had two wives. Hannah was one, and Penina was another. Now, a lot of problems are going to come in the context there for them. Based upon this, we see that Penina has lots of children, or doesn't have any problem having children. Hannah experiences something different. Now, this is something that's probably not 
too misunderstood. You know, there are a lot of people today that understand what it's like to be like Hannah and to desire children, but they couldn't. As we begin today, I want you to first look at moms know despair. Moms know what it's like to hurt. Moms know what suffering is. Moms know what it's like to have problems in their world. Now, not every mom has the problem that Hannah did, being unable to have children, but every mom understands what it's like to hurt. If you would, let's go ahead and start in 1 Samuel. We had, uh, we had Tim get it started for us, verses 1 through 4. And let's begin in verse 5. It says, But Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Now, Hannah's problem. What's going on in her world, her despair, her hurt, her struggle, is that she wants a baby. She had desired a baby, and she, her hope was to bring this child into the world. Why? Well, partly because of Penina. You know, if you look down at verse 6, it says, And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So we see that there's, there's a little bit of a battle going on, and that's one reason I would say God said, Hey, one husband and one wife for life. We see we're not going to have the issue that he had here. So, within... Within Panina, she's, she's referred to as her, as her enemy. She's referred to as her rival because you can see that things have built up and, and Panina is able to take her, her children with her to make sacrifice and, and Hannah, Hannah's not. And so it's something that's, that's heavy on her heart. It brings her anguish. It brings her hurt. And so if you look at verse 7, it says, So it was year by year that when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. You know, I think of all the, the hurts that can go on in life, and I can only imagine that this would have to be one of the greatest. Not only did she struggle with not being able to, to bear a child, but she has someone that provokes her in it. Someone that... Someone that uh, you know, sinks in their fingernails, that makes the, makes the salt pour into the womb, and so it, it hurts her. We see Hanan, Hannah struggle. We see her hurt. We see her be in a place where she just hopes for something different. And as every faithful husband goes in 1 Samuel chapter 8, Dad always comes in with the answer. He says, I fix it. Now, I don't know about you, but I know as for me, a lot of times I think I've got the answer and I can offer it, but rather, there just needs to be a hug. All right, look at verse 8. Elkanah, faithful to all men, comes in, Elkanah, her husband, and says to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Now he knows. There is no question in his mind at why she is sad. He understands that she desires to have children. But he goes on to offer, to offer his, uh, his encouragement. And he says in verse 8, he says, Am I not better to you than ten sons? Well, it didn't make up for it. It's not good enough. It doesn't cover what Hannah's struggling with. 
Hannah was hurting. You know, I think back through, through life, and you know, actually, if you go back to Job, Job uh, making reference there to life, he says, look, man born of woman is few days and full of trouble, and it really goes to mankind. No matter what, no matter who you are, trouble comes, hurts come, struggles come, life gets you down. You know, it might not be that mom struggled with not being able to bear children, but it could be that mom struggled with dealing with the son. It could be that you were a little troublesome. I can understand. I can relate. There were times that uh, I made my mom worry. There were times that I made my mom hurt. You know, you let them down. And what, what hurts worse than letting your parents down? You know, I think about Luke chapter 15. It doesn't say anything about the mom, but we've got the prodigal son who leaves and goes away. And I can imagine if mom was there, I would just assume that she was hurting bad. She missed her baby. She wanted her baby home. And within special moms, special moms care. And as I think about the hurts of mom. I thought about different hurts that mom can have. It could be as Hannah wanting a baby. You know, it could be a mom that struggles with that of having lost a child or struggling with health. Could be wanting a clean house. I saw on more than one occasion on Facebook where people said, for Mother's Day, all I want is a clean house and not have to clean it. But you know, a lot of times, the struggles that a mom has involve more about her children. She's worried about her children's health. She's worried about the children's if they struggle to learn or to achieve something. They worry about their children being able to fit in, to find a mate. They worry about their children growing up to love the Lord. They worry about so many things. Moms care about their children. A lot of times, it's the children that are the biggest hurts for mom because they care about their child so much. They want your children or grandchildren, nieces or nephews, they want them to do well. They want others to be able to enjoy many of the great things that we did in life. You know, in Psalm chapter 90, in verse 10, it says the days of our lives are numbered. It gives a number there. It says 70 or 80 years. And it goes on to say, and it says, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. The fact of life is that you've got the hurt. And there is no doubt in my mind that as you think about special moms, special people, we understand hurt. And so Hannah is not that different than any of us. She understands hurt. You know, as we come together, I know we've got a few special moms here that this is their first mom's day. There are a few that have, have just had their first child. There's some, some grandparents that have new grandbabies. Maybe they're re-grandparented. So they became a grandparent again. Maybe it's the first time ever becoming a grandparent. And man, is that special. And so as we come together on Mother's Day, we see that Hannah wanted that child. Not only do moms know despair and know hurt, but moms know prayer. Moms know the value of prayer. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, drop down to verse 10. 
We can catch verse 9. I hate to skip over it. In verse 9 it says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting in the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. We see the picture here. We've got Hannah. She's unable to find comfort. And so she beseeches the Lord. You know, Elkanah, he gave it his best shot. He said, aren't I better than ten sons? But it didn't fix the problem. And when we have problems, I believe there is no better place to go than to the Lord. You look at verse 10, and Hannah understood that it was time to go to the Lord. And as sad as it might be, the story gets worse because she does the right thing and then look how she's viewed. Look at verse 11 and 12. It says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, you will indeed, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. When you look here at the prayer, in verse 11, Hannah prays about her biggest problem. The biggest thing, the, the most major thing going on in her world. As she has this contention between her and Penina. She prays about the, the most major problem that she has in her life. And then she offers the devotion of her son. Within her prayer, she's offering Samuel. Now, as I think about this prayer, we see that it's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 1, this time, on this account, that while she was here making a sacrifice, that she prayed for her son. But I don't want you to doubt there is no doubt in my mind that this is not the first time that Hannah's prayed about this. There's no doubt in my mind that this hasn't been a serious concern for years. That this hasn't been something that has bothered her, that has been on her heart for a long time. You know, and it just seems as though up to this point, we know she hasn't ever, she hasn't ever received that child that she prayed for. Up to this point, there is no, there's no hope in her mind. There's no vision of, well, this is it. I'm finally going to have the child. But this time when she prays, she's going to receive a different answer. Now, I understand as we talk about prayer, there's a lot of times we say, does God really hear me? You know, moms pray for their children, and yet the children do still what... Mom was hoping, not that, hoping they wouldn't do. We see moms that pray over many different things or dads that pray and we, we receive the answer that we weren't looking for. Well, don't lose hope. Hannah continued to pray. She struggled with this for the some time. It says that it was every year when they went to make the sacrifice that Penina is the one that rubbed it in, put the salt in the womb. And so now, in verse 11, she prays and she offers her son 
devoting his life. You know, that's something that's really special. She offers the devotion of her son. As you think about the life, the greatest thing that can be done for children is to give that devotion, to devote them to the Lord. You know, as you go down and you you think about God's commands for us today, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says fathers, but it's an understood, you know, within the, within the parenting world. It says fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But then it says, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's really what Hannah was doing. She was bringing up her children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now she's devoting her son to be a servant. To be a servant of the Lord. Within that of Christianity today, we really make a desire to devote ourselves as servant of the King. And so within all this, as I mentioned earlier, the problem is she's misunderstood. You look down at verse 12 through 15 and... As she's in the deepest of thought, in the deepest spot of prayer, and pouring out her heart to the Lord, we see that Samuel comes in, and kind of like Elkanah, he uh, has to put his foot in his mouth. You know, it's like, well, what's wrong with you? And then he says, whoops. Look down at verse 12. It says, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. And so here Eli opens his mouth in verse 14. Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Man, talk about being kicked while you're down. She's at the lowest point in her life to this point, probably. I give suspect. She's in the deepest spot of prayer. She is continually giving all that her heart desires to the Lord. And Samuel comes in and says, Man, woman, give it up. Quit drinking, go home. And she replies and says, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Can you imagine the feeling that Samuel just had? I mean, that Eli just had as he's looking forward to Samuel. Uh, Can you imagine the feeling that Eli just recognized when he understands what's going on? And so Samuel opens his mouth and then has to put his foot in. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we have a prayer that comes from the depth of the heart. You know, this is really what prayer is supposed to be. I fear sometimes that we get get too used to saying a prayer is one that we've heard from the past. Could be that too often we're so desirous of making sure we say everything just right that we forget to open our heart. When we pray to God, if you want to talk about a prayer that God desires, God desires the prayer from the heart. In fact, as you look back and you look at the, his, repute, his rebukes for the Pharisees, his rebuke was that it was too perfected. It's like you come together with great words, 
great speeches. You impress people. You say things so that people look at you and they say, Whoa, did you see his prayer? You want to talk about a prayer. Hannah, from the depth of her heart, from from her mind and the sorrow and the despair that she feels, she pours her heart out to the Lord. When you pray to God, I encourage you, don't think about how special your words sound, but think about how open your heart is. Think about your willingness to lay it out before the Lord. All right. Her prayer came from the depth of the heart. Verse 16, it says, Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. Can you imagine? Can you imagine her, her feeling this as she's saying it? Look, I'm hurting. Eli, I'm not a bad person. I'm trying. I want to do what's right. She says, don't consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken until now. He said, she says, I'm just, I'm giving it all to the Lord. Wow. We talk about moms. Moms know the value of prayer. I can only think about the countless hours that my mom has spent praying for me. I think about the hours that Anna has spent praying for her children. I know sometimes I have uh, said, uh, I said, Anna, she's not over there. She's not playing on her phone. She's just being really quiet and the light's still on. I'm like, Anna, she says, leave me alone, I'm praying. You know, moms know where to find hope. Moms know where to lay their heart out. And so, if you're beginning as a mom, I encourage you, make it an active part of your lifestyle to lay your heart out to the Lord. Make it an active part of your life to beseech the Lord with your cares. And if you've been a mom a long time, I have no doubt that you're already thinking, I want to pray to the Lord about my children, about my grandchildren. I want to pray to the Lord about all my family. And I encourage you, do just that. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. God cares for you. And because of that, he says, you turn your problems over to me. You know, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it overtake your mind. It says, but be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, he says, let your request be made known to the Lord. Give it to God. Hannah's a special mom because she understood hurt just like we do. But Hannah's a special mom because she understood the importance of prayer. You know, in Psalm 127, verse 3, it says, Behold, our children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. We think of how great it is to have that crown 
to have your children that you can be proud of. And I encourage you, as you continue to live life, continue to pray. Continue to remember those children, which are the great blessing from the Lord. I think of moms, and I can't help but mention Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men. Let me change it. Let your light so shine before your children and everybody else, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, when I think about the responsibility of raising children as a father, you can't think of that responsibility without the honor that comes because of the responsibilities that mom gives in helping rear those children. In molding their lives, mom has most likely a bigger role than dad. Mom's able to spend more time with the children, and moms are great in their work in raising you, in raising the children that you'll raise. All right. So we see mom knows despair. We see that mom knows prayer. And finally, let's look at mom's know-how to care. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. The baby is born. We're going to have to hurry up. The time doesn't work the same as it used to before the virus. Here we go. So it came to pass, verse 20, in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him from the Lord. Samuel is born to Hannah. This is the baby she has prayed for, she longed for, she cared about. This was her biggest despair, her biggest hurt. And now here is Samuel. And what we know that's really special about mom is mom can nurture and mom can care. First Samuel 1, uh, 1, 21 through 23, it says, Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer for the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. And Elkanah replies... And he says, do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now, <clears throat> Hannah nurtures her baby. As we talk about the weaning here, uh, from everything I read, weaning didn't have to necessarily mean just milk fed, but rather of age of taking care of themselves. You know, you think about all the, uh, in my life, I think about dirty diapers you think about all the, the, the rearing process. And so there was a period of time that mom went through in raising the child before she turned him over to Eli. And so we get down to verse 24. It says, Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was Young. All right, it's time to go and make an offering. Now I'm going to give you one more special note here in verse 24. In verse 24, it says she took him up with her with three bulls. Now, uh, it is very possible from uh, what I've read that within translation that this might have meant a bull of three years instead of three separate bulls, and if you look down in the next verse, it would probably make a little more sense if, you took, if they took one bull that was three years old, because in verse 25 it says, then they slaughtered a bull, or the bull, 
and brought the child to Eli. Now, it's possible that they took three and they just uh, they slaughtered this one, but either way, you can keep that with you uh, for your studies uh, in understanding what's going on here. Now, they slaughter the bull. They brought the child to Eli in verse 26, and she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. She says for, in verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, petition which I have asked of him. You know, I know a lot of people or a lot of ladies that once they get to the moment where that child comes, they say, for this child I have prayed. You know, what a great blessing it was to Hannah to be able to bring this child into the world. And now, as she gives her greatest gift over to Eli, she says, this is the child that I prayed for. This is the child that you saw me weeping when I was here and praying for. And so finally in verse 28, we see Samuel give in to the work of the Lord. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Now, when you talk about moms knowing how to care, they didn't take Samuel to Eli the day he was born because you know what? Mom had to nurture him. Mom had to care for that child. And as I think about moms everywhere, look, moms are the nurturer. Moms are the ones who have that care. You know, there's times where the kids say, I want daddy to put me to sleep. More often than not, they say, I want mommy to put me to sleep. But once in a while, I get that little treasure. But I'll tell you what treasure I don't get. When my children really hurt themselves, I mean, they actually fall down and there's blood and there's pain. They never say, Dad. I would bet that that's the case with basically every child everywhere. My children love their dad and they want their dad a lot of times, but when they're really hurting, when they're in the depths of pain, they want their mom. And because of that, I tell you today, moms know how to care. In Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 15, it talks about the mom remembering the child and it's actually comparing it to the forgetfulness of God. And so you've got a pretty tall task there. It says in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 15, it says, Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? And it's kind of a rhetorical question. Like, obviously, the mom is not going to forget her baby. But then it goes on to say, Yeah, they may forget, meaning technically it's possible. It's yes, yet will I not forget thee, meaning like God is absolutely that positive. God will not forget you. But the point is, what does he compare it to? He compares it to a mom. When you talk about earthly, physical, human people that will not forget, he says mom. He didn't say dad. Why? Because it would have meant nothing. He said, is your dad going to forget you? Well, possibly. But mom won't forget. You look at Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 13. It says, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. 
You want the care, the concern? You'll be comforted by God as a mom comforts. It doesn't say a dad. Why? Because moms have a special care that dad just never could have. As you think about your mom, understand your mom had hurt just like Hannah. I hope that your mom had prayers just like Hannah. And I trust your mama knew how to care. Moms care for us. As you think about, uh, as you think about moms, as we close today, I think of Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 16. It says, a gracious woman retains honor. On a day like today, it's a great day to honor moms everywhere. As we think about Hannah's prayer, it was that Samuel would be devoted to the Lord. My prayer today is that you are devoted to the Lord. Understanding that it's a commitment in your life. Your mom's not able to make the commitment for you. But you must be as the Ethiopian eunuch. Where he was looking at the scriptures and he desires to learn more. He says, how can I, how can I know more except someone guide me? Well, what do you do? You open God's word, you study it. You encourage someone to teach you and to help you. You know, the Ethiopian eunuch then, after being taught Jesus, he's told, well, actually he tells Philip, he says, here's water. He said, what does hinder me to be baptized? He said, why can't I? Why can't I be obedient? Why can't I devote myself to the Lord? He says, if you believe, you may. The question comes today, are you ready to devote yourself to the Lord? If you believe, you can. Understanding that part of that is turning from sin. Turning from sin to follow after Christ. I think of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 where he told them to repent. Right after they realized that they were in the wrong. Think about the need to be as the Ethiopian eunuch where he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Right before he goes down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. And he's baptized. We have that same opportunity to commit to Christ. But it doesn't stop there because we've got to continue to live for him. We make a lifestyle of living for him. And in that, we see the devotion to the Lord. If you continue in the story and you read about Samuel, he was devoted. He lived for the Lord and I trust and I pray that you will choose to do the same. You know, as you think about moms... I hate to have a whole lesson about mom and not talk about Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31 says, Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. I'm thankful for moms everywhere. I'm thankful for what moms did, but we all can be blessed just like Hannah was blessed eternally with something much greater. Psalms 128 verse 1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. If you're not walking in God's ways, I beg of you, make a change this morning. Come as we stand and sing.